heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Well, hello there, Growth Junkies, and welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Uh, I am uh, one of your hosts, Kent El Husay, and I'm joined by the other host. His name is Ben Boast. And the rhyming never ends on this show, does it, Ben? It doesn't. Not with my name. It doesn't. And we actually invented a new word today, my friends. Yes. The word is bizonkers. Bizonkers. It is a combination of what two words, Ben? We didn't invent it. You invented it. <laughs> well, I, I did invent it. Before Berserk we, and bonkers. Berserk and bonkers. You put them together, you get bizonkers. You're welcome. I think we're going to, yeah, probably have a t-shirt. We're going to make a t-shirt. Go bizonkers. Go bizonkers for point. growth junkies. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll come out soon. So yes. we are uh, excited today to talk to you about a subject that um, is something that everybody deals with. And I think I can say that confidently, can't we? Yes, it will make you go bizonkers. It will make in you a bad go way. Bizonkers. <laughs> the subject matter for today's episode on Growth Junkies is conflict. Yes. Does anybody out there know conflict? Ooh. Have you ever been in conflict before? <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Everyone raise your hand. I can't see you, but yes, you do, wherever you, you are, not in your car if you're driving, but how many of you have ever had a conflict? And then secondly, how many of you enjoyed that conflict? Oh, brother. Jeez. <laughs> There's probably one person out there that says, yes, I really enjoy conflict. I think there are some people who particularly love conflict. Yeah. And they're in the military. They thrive on it. <laughs> they thrive in conflict. I call them dominators. Mm. I actually have later when we talk about it, three classifications of conflict, okay. how you engage it. Ruminators dominators and avoiders. Oh, interesting. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. I'll, I'll bring it back up. Okay. Let's circle back sure. around to but that. I because... think there are particularly some people who, man, they yeah. thrive when there's conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Those people are messed up, but <laughs> here's the reality. I think most people don't enjoy conflict. I think there are a lot of people that are okay with it. Right. Like sort of see some value in it, but then there's a whole host of people that hate it. And avoid it at all costs. So to your point, I think there are different groups of people. I don't know what the percentages are, if it's like 33, 33, and 33. But the reality is there's different kinds of people that look at conflict differently. Mm -hmm. Hey, I think honestly, you should, you should spell those three out right now because we're kind of in this. Yeah. So in a person's natural bent, like I would say I'm bent toward ruminating. So I'm a ruminator if I'm left to my own devices. So what's a ruminator? So I... See, there's a conflict and I create all kinds of different scenarios in my head of how the conflict's going to play out, what conversations are going to be had, what other people are thinking about me. I'm almost analyzing it and processing it to death, mm -hmm. consistently going on inside me. Okay. So ruminating on the reality of this conflict that's happening and creating all kinds of even fictional scenarios of how it's going to go down. Okay. So it's kind of like a stewer, somebody who yes. stews on it. Cooks it, bakes it, marinates it, you know, thinks <laughs> about it, it constantly, over, burns it, <laughs> burns it to death. Yeah. Well done. Exactly. Okay. So that's one kind of person. A lot of wasted time, energy, and emotion. Yeah. Over things that may never happen. Okay. So my friends out there, growth junkies, maybe you are a ruminator when it comes to conflict. What are the kinds of conflict? Is well, there? I know there's some ruminators out there. So high fives to you guys. All right. 
Uh, a dominator. Okay. These are tend to be, from my perspective, very driven people who like feel that they can control situations with conflict. Mm. And they don't know that they're causing it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might walk into to situations and, and do certain things and, and walk out, but they just don't even pick up on what's happening in the rest of the room. Okay. And those are people that like conflict. Well, I don't know that they particularly like it okay. per se, mm. uh, but they're used to it. Okay. They're okay with it. And like they sometimes will feel like if there's not a conflict happening or taking place, there needs to be one that's created mm-hmm. an effort to, in some sense, keep people, if they're in control of the conflict, they can keep everything else that's going on around them under control. Okay. So they dominate through conflict. Got it. And there's one more, right? Well, I said avoiders, which mm-hmm. I think is something that that crosses a bunch of different places. Maybe ruminators and dominators are, are the two major categories. Mm-hmm. But I think there are some who are avoiders where we all have a, an element of it, mm-hmm. I think, in life. Of no one likes conflict. Let's be honest about it. We don't go seeking yeah. something that is going to put us in opposition or uh, create an offense with another person. It's right, just, right. It's just not what we do. So there's an element of avoidance in everyone. But I think there's a lot of people who don't know what to do with it, so they do just avoid it. Because mm-hmm. I think the end result that we are going to uh, ultimately discuss here is: what do you do with conflict? Have you learned? how to mm-hmm. deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's not a skill that we develop. Yeah. And so I say, ultimately, even if you're a ruminator, a dominator, or a avoider, the skill you have to learn is to become a processor Yeah, and learn how to process conflict. Well, and that's the whole point of this episode. I think that we want to get into that. We want to get into the fact that that conflict is there. And I think for some people, I know like the, the one I'm married to, um, she has had enough conflict. Like her <laughs> view is like, with conflict. I'm just, I'm just past the drama. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I just don't need it. I need a good season. I need happy, happy, <laughs> you know, let's all get along because they've had so much of it. And I think for a lot of, you know, uh, I don't know which category they fit into, but for a lot of people I've spoken with, and I even put myself in this category, perhaps I've had a lot of conflict in my life. Mm-hmm. And part of me is just exhausted by it, you know, and, and I just, I think there was a time in my life, I'll speak in my, my own area. Mm. I, I think I used to be more than okay with conflict. Like I, I actually would, would even look for it sometimes. I would sort of create it sometimes. And so I would, would you be, say you were a dominator? Would you put yourself yeah, in that category? Yeah, I think I would have been a dominator. Mm. I think that I viewed conflict as something necessary. And I felt like, because I'm such a competitive person by mm. nature, mm-hmm. it's like another opportunity to win so to speak. Sure. So it's a form of competition. So naturally, I think I went down that road and I, I would always kind of pick fights because I'd always step into, you know, difficult subjects. Mm. I would, uh, I've been called like a cultural warrior, you know, because <laughs> I step into these, you know, potholes mm-hmm. of controversial issues and I sure. create, and it, that creates a lot of conflict. It draws a lot of conflict, but I had so much of it in my life. I, I began to believe like I was made for it, like I was designed mm. for it. Honestly, now looking back on it, I don't think anybody's made for no. it. I think you learn to cope with it. Mm-hmm. I think you learn to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. But I think back when I was younger as a kid, I didn't like conflict. I like getting along. Somewhere along the line, I got a bit jaded mm. and got a little bit sideways. And I felt like for me to get anywhere in life, I had to fight. Mm. And ultimately... To accomplish anything of consequence, I needed a fight to get there. So I was prepared to fight whoever was going to get in my way. Hmm. And so I think a lot of us learn to do conflict and think it's necessary, but I would say none of us are created to enjoy (laughs) it. 
Yeah. It's who, just not who we are. We don't like it. We would choose peace and calm mm-hmm. and rest harmony over mm-hmm. it every day of the week, I think. Absolutely. And I think if we're getting honest, I think um, that we all would, would say in our quiet moments that conflict drains me. Yeah. It drains me. Uh, am I willing to deal with it? Yeah. Does mm-hmm. it feel good? No. Do I enjoy it? No. But at the same time, we live in a world full of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's conflict every day, everywhere. And I think that sometimes we invent new ways to disagree. <laughs> you know, I like some of us, I feel like we almost like have to disagree right. and disagree disagreeably, you know? Uh, and so I, I'll tell you what, conflict is something that is real. Growth junkies, um, you live in it. Perhaps you're in conflict right now, personally, professionally, relationally, financially, spiritually. I mean, there's so many different ways. <laughs> you didn't leave ways. anything else. <laughs> no, no. I think it's expansive. I think it's universal. Yeah, so sure. I don't know. I don't think we have to convince everybody out there mm. that conflict is real. But I think there are some things we can talk about that would be helpful. As far as how do we deal with conflict? How do we cope with it? And ask the question, is there anything like redemptive in conflict? Yeah. And in preparation for this conversation today, I was really thinking about conflict in general as I was reading back through Four Dimensions. And it struck me, and I will go on record as saying this might be the single greatest skill a person can learn in life to help them develop their character. Mm -hmm. If we have to pick one, Mm -hmm. your ability to deal with conflict learn how to handle it, lean into it, understand it, resolve it, potentially if you're given that opportunity, because we'll talk about later, not all conflicts get resolved. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't. Right. And it's not always based on you. Right. There's always two people involved or two parties involved when it comes to conflict. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think this is one of, if not the greatest skill a person can learn, that equips them and, and provides tons of durability for mm-hmm. life. Absolutely. I think, um, it, what if you changed your perspective on conflict? Like what if you radically looked at it differently and you <laughs> thought rather than being afraid of it, running from it, burying it, hiding it, avoiding it, perhaps, what if you viewed it as something useful? Like when you see conflict in front of you, mm-hmm. rather than see it negatively, what if it was viewed positively? Like, is it possible to change your reference point and actually look at this thing called conflict and say, mm-hmm. Hey, that's not so scary. There's something actually useful here. And so if we could change our perspective on life and look at a very big part of our lives differently, then I agree with you. I think it radically changes, not just how we live, but the trajectory of our lives. So let's talk about that. I (laughs) I do want to talk about four specific facts about conflict that I think are vital today. And I'm going to lay these out and then Ben and I will sort of comment on them and kind of take them apart a little bit. But I believe that these could be some of the most useful things that you could have in regards to the conflict in your life. Mm -hmm. And if you get them and you do them, it'll make a huge difference. So for me, I went through this, this experience where, um, I, I looked at conflict a certain way and then I got burned out on conflict And for a season of my life, I didn't want any conflict and I would literally avoid it at all costs. I'm now in a place of health, I believe, where I see conflict with different eyes. Mm -hmm. I see value in the conflicts. And actually now, rather than looking for them, like I'm looking for a fight, I look for those opportunities as, 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 as a a possible step for growth in Mm -hmm. my life, a possible step for learning, for, for deepening, for softening. Yeah. You know, I, now I look at those conflicts and I'm saying, okay, uh, I don't like it. It's not fun, but it's useful. So 
part of my growth was was learning these four facts about conflict that we're going to talk about here. And the first of those four is this. First is that conflict is unavoidable. Really? Yeah, I'm sorry to say it, <laughs> but it's true. Conflict is unavoidable. Yes, There's no is. rock you can crawl under. There is no place you can run to mm. where you can hide from it. It's always going to be there. It's going to follow you. It's going to be daily. There's going to be big conflicts and little conflicts and everything in between. Yeah. But conflict is unavoidable. Right. So what are you going to do about it? If, and, and the proverbial, you know, burying the head in the sand mm. is not going to help. So first things first, conflict is always going to be there. And when you reconcile with that and you accept that, mm -hmm. it's the first step. Yeah. It's like, you know, with a problem, they say you can't solve a problem unless you admit you have one. So it is with conflict. You can't appropriately deal with conflict till you begin with the fact that it's there and it's real and it's unavoidable. Okay. So it's the mountain in front of us and we have to confront it. All right. So that's important. Secondly, here it is. Secondly, conflict isn't always bad. Hmm. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Especially if you're in one right now. Yeah. It's particularly harmful to your soul. It feels pretty bad. Now, notice I didn't say conflict doesn't feel bad. <laughs> conflict right. doesn't feel. I didn't say that. That's not the truth. Conflict always feels bad. It doesn't feel good. No. What I said was conflict isn't bad. So the difference between recognizing something and dealing with the emotions that accompany it, nothing wrong with the emotions. People shouldn't tell people how to feel, <laughs> but there's truth. And the truth is that conflict isn't always bad. Now that acknowledges the fact that there are some conflicts that are just plain bad, right? There are some conflicts that no matter which way you look at them, there's no silver lining. Mm -hmm. There's nothing good about it. It's mm -hmm. just bad. Right. So we're not saying that every conflict that exists in, in the universe it has something good about it. No, 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 no. There are some just plain, evil, wicked, awful, horrible, bad things. Yeah. And every time we look out and see a conflict that we're a part of or engaged in, there's always that opportunity to rewind back to our personal way that we're going to approach it or engage it. Mm -hmm. And we have to make some decisions at that point. Right. And I think the end of the first paragraph in four dimensions where, where we say uh, we can assign positive value to each conflict by the value it adds to our character. Mm -hmm. If our approach going in is such that, Hey, this is going to contribute something to my life. There, there is, this is not good. It doesn't feel good. I don't understand all of it right now. I'm going to see things about it down the road in the future when I look back, but there is something that's going to be added to my life as mm -hmm. a result of this. Yeah. So it's asking two essential questions. You know, it, it the first is what's bad about this conflict mm -hmm. and it's totally legitimate to do that. Like what's, what's the bad part of this? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's like a hundred percent of it's just bad. There's a, just all <laughs> bad that happens. But I would say that the vast majority, the vast majority of conflicts, it's not all bad. There's something bad that's happening and maybe it's a fallout in a relationship. Maybe it's a heartache. Maybe it's pain. Yeah. There's something bad in it. But here's the second question. What is good in this conflict? What good can come from this? That's a very valuable question. And for you to stop and to look at the conflict and say, is there anything redemptive in this? Anything useful in this? Mm -hmm. And I would venture to say that most of your conflicts, I don't know what the percentages are, but the vast majority of them, there's something 
useful and good in them. And we, we don't want to uh, be insensitive to the fact and not at least acknowledge that in the middle of it, it may be very difficult to see that anything good can come from it. Right. When you're either at the, the beginning and front and it's horrible or you're even or you're right at the middle of it, mm-hmm. that you, you're like, there's no way. I can't see anything good possibly coming from Exactly. This. And yet I'll tell you what, I think when people are in that dark place, in the middle of that storm, in the deepest mm-hmm. part of the valley, I know for when because I was there, I needed to see some light. Like I needed to know there was some light at the quote sure. end of the tunnel. And so the light here is this inkling of hope that there's something good that will come from this. There's something useful that I can use. Even if I don't know what it is right now, even if I can't quite put my finger mm-hmm. on it, it's this sense that there's a very good chance that there's something useful here. And in time I will see it in time. I will benefit from it. What if you looked at every deep Valley and every difficulty you go through every trial, every conflict, mm-hmm. And you say, chances are there's something really good here. There's, there's some gold. There's, there's, a, there's a diamond in here mm-hmm. that I can find. And that sort of keeps you sane, sort of holds you in the midst of it. Yeah, and there's a real popular uh, perspective, I guess you could say, or way of looking at things. I think it was Carolyn Dweck is the one that has popularized the terminology of growth mindset mm-hmm. today. It's very popular in personal development circles and things like that. Essentially, it's kind of what we're talking about. Right. Are you going to view this as an opportunity? And that's our third one is an opportunity for growth. Is it going to lead to something good? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to retreat, sit back, take offense, and not really lean into it because, or try to handle it or learn the skill to handle conflict because you really just want to avoid it. Yeah. And so you kind of hit on it. Let's move into number three. I mean, first and foremost, we said conflict is unavoidable. We've established that. Secondly, conflict isn't always bad. So that leads naturally into the third point that Ben just mentioned. Conflict is an opportunity for growth. So maybe that's the nugget is like, this is an opportunity for me to grow, for me to deepen, Mm -hmm. for me to soften. The reality is that everything we go through, almost everything, and again, there's always that outlier, you know, maybe there's a situation that you can find, a hypothetical situation that honestly, there's even no way to grow in this. Like there's nothing that can happen, but the vast majority of the trials and the conflicts we go through, there's probably something there for you, Yeah, an opportunity to grow a little bit to expand a little bit, to develop, to evolve a little bit as a person, some takeaway that you can have that will actually make you a better human being. I think that's true of almost every situation I can think of in my own life. In fact, I can't even think of one of a lot of things that have happened in my life. I honestly can't think of one that didn't have something in it for me, something that I, maybe I didn't learn from it. Maybe I never used it. Maybe I didn't benefit because I Mm -hmm. I ignored it. But when I look back on it, I'm thinking there was something there for me that I either chose to use and grow with, or I just ignored it and buried it. And so I'm doing this a little on the fly, an effort to practice what it is that we profess here and talk about vulnerability Mm -hmm. or transparency. Like, are you willing to share with the growth junkies? And I'll do the same, Mm -hmm. a conflict that you've had in the past, keeping out names and scenarios or whatever, Mm -hmm. but basically the setting or general case, I guess, Mm -hmm. of what went down Mm -hmm. and, and how it affected you, how you viewed it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately did it get resolved or not? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that some of them did, some of them didn't. So I call those some loose ends out there. But but some of what we're going to get at here in, uh, in the next episode, actually, is how do we live with those loose ends? Like, mm-hmm. how do we cope with those? Right. Does it have to be resolved to take anything good away from it? That's critical. Because in, in the conflicts in my life that didn't get resolved, that mm-hmm. didn't get tied off, mm-hmm. I still can take something good from that because mm-hmm. it benefits me. What did I learn in the process? So, for example, I'll give you one. <clears throat> one for me was... I shared in earlier episodes my story and I dropped bits and pieces along the way, but I used to be a pastor. And uh, one of the things that I've learned after my burnout and my exit from pastoring Mm -hmm. was um, it was easy at the time in all the conflict around me to pin on everybody else around me. Mm. It's their fault. They picked at me. They criticized Mm. me. They said awful things to me. They drove me out. And, and that's kind of where I was for a mm. season. But when I look back on it, I now look at it and I own my stuff. So I realized that I was upset that people didn't care for me mm. when I was hurting. But I realized that I never shared I was hurting. Mm. I didn't let people know that I needed help. Right. So why did I expect them to read my mind? And to, to care for me when I made it look like I didn't need any care. I was self-sustaining. I was independent. I was strong. I was good. Hmm. I was really good at putting up a front that I now look at it and I realize why should I have expected those people to reach out and care for me when I projected this perspective I didn't need any care. Yeah, that's so interesting. So that conflict, honestly, what, what I learned from that was I need to not hide the reality that I need care, that I'm not perfect and I'm not strong all the time Mm -hmm. and not project that all the time and insulate and and isolate myself. So that was a great takeaway for me. And I have ownership in that conflict. Mm -hmm. So my area of growth in that was to become the kind of person that now asks for help and now lets people know when I'm hurting. And is honest about it and lets people know that I need people in my life to care for me. I didn't used to do that. So there was a conflict and and a fallout that was something good there that I took away from it after the fact that benefits me now going Mm -hmm. forward that I didn't see in the moment. That was my area of growth. So that's a perfect example of what you just described where I was in the valley. I couldn't see it. I didn't want to see it. Mm -hmm. But after coming out of that valley... I realized there was something good for me in that. Yeah. God was trying to show me something in that. Right. That I didn't believe about myself. And mine, mine would be a little different. Um, I've had a lot of job changes in the last four years. And the roles that I played in the organizations that I was with prior to where we are now full time with LTI, I carried influence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes conflict mm-hmm. happens as a result of people's expectations not being met. Mm-hmm. And something positive in your life, and this was certainly a scenario for me, something that was positive in my life happening for me and my family was a disappointment for someone else. Mm. And it was causing conflict because they had expectations wrapped up in me as a person, the roles that I would perform, what I was supposed to do, maybe some things that I've said. And here's the thing, life's not predictable, especially if you're a follower of Jesus out there and you believe and have faith and trust that God does things. And sometimes he's going to move you Mm -hmm. on to a different place, regardless of uh, sometimes what you've committed to. Mm. And that can be difficult for people to handle. So 
disappointment and ex- expectations not being met can can create conflict. And that that was certainly an issue in some of the scenarios that I faced. Mm-hmm. You let people down, <clears throat> yep. and it may be born out of something very positive in your own life. So what do you do with that? Because it's not an intentional offense. Like, I'm not trying to create the conflict, but it just arrives as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And I had to work through those things. And there is ownership in that. Yeah, There's ownership that you have to say, yeah, I... I was supposed here to be here to do X, but now I'm moving to a different place, mm-hmm. and that's going to change the scenario. And so, like yeah. I, I think about it that handling conflict well doesn't always mean there's going to be resolution. And I know we're going to talk more about this, but also mm-hmm. you can only do what you can do mm-hmm. in the midst of a conflict. And that was one of the things that I've learned. I can have the conversation. I can lean into it. I can be kind. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. When there's a conflict. Are you just darn, are you just kind? Like, be kind. Yeah. You can say hard things. Mm-hmm. You can be direct mm-hmm. and be kind and gentle at the mm-hmm. same time. Right. Right? We don't have to fly off the handle in anger and lose our tempers and whatever. And that's a big issue for for sometimes when people are trying to resolve things. They just can't get past the emotional state of the whole thing. And then yeah. the last one for me, like, perception is a hard thing to change. Sometimes sitting across from you at the table Someone has a perception of how things went down, mm-hmm. and it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. You have to see the limit. Mm-hmm. Realize, like, we're not going to get past that. The way they're viewing it is the way they view it, and they're not willing to budge. Yeah. And that can be difficult. Well, I think you're getting at one of the big misnomers with conflict. I think a lot of people, I remember I remember having this conversation in premarital counseling with some people that we talked about conflict, and that was always part of that curriculum. And, and I remember one couple asking, like, so what do we do when we have a fight? Does that mean, like, we're, we divorce? <laughs> like, no! Like, like, you haven't had a fight yet? Like, oh. now I'm more concerned. The reality is conflict in relationship is real. But a lot of people actually believe that when you have a conflict or a series of conflicts, then that must be the end of a relationship. And nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, real relationships grow through conflict. They develop through conflict. And if you're not afraid of it and you embrace it and view it as an opportunity for growth, not just for you, but maybe for your spouse. Mm-hmm. or for your kids or for your siblings or your friends, your coworkers, this is good for us. Right. Not bad. We can grow through this. The problem is when you, you avoid it, you know, and you stop talking to each other and one of you is not committed to working through the conflict. Mm-hmm. The problem is in conflict. The problem is conflict resolution. And that's the fourth point is that conflict can be resolved. Right. It can be resolved. And that's where the value, the redemptive value comes is that And you can speak to this growth junkies, I'm sure from your own experience, I know from my own, my relationships have actually grown deeper through conflict. The ones that have hung in there and we've worked through the difficult stuff, Mm. Ben and I, you and I can testify. We've worked through hard stuff together. We've had arguments and conflict and gone to the mat on things. Gone to the mat and argued and it's been painful. (laughs) We're different people with different minds and opinions. We're better friends now because of it. Absolutely. And so I I think in my relationship with my wife, you know, you know, everybody, all spouses fight. But if you work through those conflicts, there is good stuff to be taken from them. And so growth junkies, here's the bottom line. Um, I've changed my perspective on conflict. You know, it it is negative reality. Conflict doesn't feel good, but I see that there's value Mm -hmm. in it. And I would use use the words nutritional value. Oh, yeah. Sort of like, you know, when you eat something, you, you take in the good and you spit out the bad. 
or we're, I don't want to get too descriptive. You expel the bad, but your body absorbs the good. Mm-hmm. So what if we looked at conflict that way? Yeah. What is the nutritional value in this conflict? That's the positive. What's the good here? The redemptive value is what's nutritional. In other words, that my soul can take in and benefit from. Mm-hmm. And so we assign nutritional value to the conflict in our lives because it adds character to us. Right. It adds value to relationships. It adds texture and depth to our relationships. Yes. Part of becoming an integrated person is learning to embrace conflict as an important part of our personal growth and development. Parting, part of becoming this integrated deep person mm-hmm. is embracing conflict as an important part of my own growth and development right. or relationally a part of our growth and development. So another part of this integration is learning to appreciate how confrontation and conflict actually enhances mm-hmm. or deepens our relationship with one another. What if we changed our view internally with ourselves, with the conflict that we experience and say, you know what, there's something nutritional here that I can benefit from mm-hmm. that will help my character grow and deepen. Or in this relationship, there's something in our relationship that can that can deepen and widen as a result right. of this conflict. So let's find it together. Yes. Let's stick with it together. Mm-hmm. Let's work through this together rather than quit on each other and just say, oh, well, <laughs> we had a conflict. I guess that means we're not friends anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, my final thought on this would be, uh, you know, every once in a while in life, you hear something and it stays with you. Mm-hmm. And this happened to me a long time ago around this topic. It was a professor that I had, and I don't know what he was teaching on that night, but he made one statement that has never left me. Mm. Conflict produces intimacy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that, because I didn't know how to even relate to that statement because of my view on conflict or lacking skill and resolving right. it or whatever. But now... Years later, it continues to visit me and come back to me as a true reality for healthy, resolved conflicts in relationship. I think that's the key that you just said, healthy conflict, not unhealthy. Unhealthy conflict is when there's no, mm-hmm. there's no nutritional value. You're not trying to do something redemptive. There's no intentionality. You're just trying to win. Just trying to win or avoid. Mm-hmm. If you're just trying to you know, win the argument or avoid the argument, there's nothing nutritional there. There's nothing to be gained. It, you can win and still lose. I think that's been proven over and over again. So when it comes to conflict, it's changing your perspective and looking at it as not something to be avoided or feared, but something to be valued, something that helps us grow and develop Mm -hmm. beyond our present ability to be able to relate to others and ourselves better. Right. Challenge and confrontation are forms of conflict that are actually good for us and for others. There's nutritional vitamin value, if you will in conflict. And now I look at it differently, not because I want to get into it and it's fun and I want to win, not at all, nor do I run from it because it's bad and it hurts. It doesn't feel good. I'm willing to enter into it because I see it as an opportunity for growth for me personally or for our friendship. It's never comfortable, but it is always helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I guess growth junkies, as we tie this off, just want to leave you with this, this simple thought. Uh, don't be afraid of the conflict in your life. Change your perspective on it. View it as opportunity for growth and depth. Conflict is good, mm-hmm. not bad. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that that will help you as you go out into this world and you deal with all the conflict in your life differently and change that perspective. And it will it will get you to wake up in the morning and have a better perspective on your world and on your life. Mm-hmm. 
You know, if you want to know more about this, we talk about it in our Four Dimensions of Human Health book, which is available on Amazon. There is a whole a section on it in section 2.8 where we talk about conflict, and you can get that and follow along with us. Um, I want to encourage you to visit our website, loveandtransformation.org. You can learn more about us and the Growth Junkies podcast. Uh, we're glad you joined us today. We hope this was helpful in some way. It's something to chew on. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.